the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Tuesday, October the 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On October 4, 1957, the space age began. The Soviet Union launched uh, Sputnik 1, first artificial satellite into orbit. The world was watching, so America in particular was watching the United States. It wasn't long until we began our part in the space race. Today in uh, 1777, uh, General George Washington's troops launched an assault on the British at Germantown, Pennsylvania. It did not end well for the the colonists. It resulted in in heavy American casualties. Today in 1940, Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini conferred at Brenner Pass in the Alps. Today in 1990, for the first time in nearly six decades, German lawmakers met in the Reichstag for the first meeting of reunified Germany's parliament. Today in 1991, 26 nations, including the United States, signed the Madrid Protocol, which imposed a 50-year ban on oil exploration and mining in Antarctica. And one year ago today, the Biden administration reversed a Trump-era ban on abortion referrals by federally funding family planning clinics again. Oh, boy, they just can't let that abortion. There's two things that the left seems to be absolutely intoxicated with, obsessed with, possessed with. That is abortion and transgenderism. And that includes the president of the United States. He's always telling the transgender movement, I've got your back, whatever that means. I mean, they just can't let those things go. It's amazing to me that they couldn't champion something different than that, even if it were liberal. But they're just stuck on those two things, abortion that and, and transgenderism, homosexuality and all the whole package of that. But that shows you that this battle in America, in the culture, in our world, is not necessarily a political battle. It's being played out as one, but it really is a spiritual battle. Today, in uh, one year ago today, the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration agent, Michael Garbo, he was shot and killed while he was questioning a, a passenger on an Amtrak train in Tucson, Arizona. The passenger who opened fire was then killed in a gunfight with other officers. This was kind of a turning point because it got the attention not only of Arizona and Tucson, but of the world, of the nation. And they begin to realize what, how the depths of this whole cartel that controls our border. We don't control the border at the current time with this administration, but the cartels do, the drug cartels and human trafficking. And that kind of got the attention of the world at the time. And I remember a lot of people were saying, boy, we need to maybe really focus on this and so on. I don't think it's changed much because the Biden administration won't change. 
but on that issue or most any issue really. But um, that was a turning point of sorts in that whole, the way we look at what's going on at the border. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things. You ever look up into the sky when you're away from the city lights and away from the light pollution that just comes from cities, wherever they are? There's a place that I uh, often used to look up in the sky and see all the stars. I mean, it just seems like every star is touching each other. There's so many of them as a kid growing up. But um, the prophet Isaiah said, Lift up your eyes and behold who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. It's interesting how we spend billions of dollars and hundreds of years trying to figure out how the universe came into being. I mean, you hear this all the time. At least I, I notice it in my research for this program. They're, they're just obsessed with finding out how this world came into existence. If they would just consider, even consider, the biblical account. I know I'm supposed to say that. I'm, I'm a minister. But I believe that with all my heart. If they would just give an honest look at that and look at the detail, it, it is hard to deny that there is some kind of intelligent being behind the creation. And for the most part, the left can't bring themselves to even consider that. Because when they do, they begin to realize that is the path that leads to the whole idea that there is an intelligent being behind this universe. I mean, it works perfectly. I mean, it's amazing. And it's beautiful. And yet, they deny. But when we do begin to open our mind, as progressives claim to have open minds, they they don't, but they claim to have, we begin to see that there must be that intelligent being, and it leads us often, if we have an open heart, to the fact that God Almighty did indeed create the heavens and the earth. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 23, many of us have memorized that, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When we get a perspective on who God is and what God has done, it really begins to change the mind, the heart. And that's how culture is changed, by changing hearts and minds. Proverbs 29.4 says, The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. We live in that kind of a culture today. We need the Lord and we need the power of God in the lives of people in our nation. And we who know the Lord, we who are biblical Christians, I believe are called to be aware, to be informed, to be engaged, to be discerning, and to be used by God as salt and light in a decaying culture. And that's why we do what we do here on this program. This is our effort to be exactly that, salt and light, to the best of our ability for the Lord. And I want to thank those of you who stand with us on this. You uh, 
your, your support is humbling, and I am so grateful for it. I can't find words to adequately express how much I appreciate your support. It is so meaningful to me because this is what God has called me to do at this point in my life. And, of course, without you, we wouldn't be able to do it. So thank you so much. And for those of you who would consider it, we need you. So stand with us in your financial support, your prayer support. Thank you so much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. You can go online at our website, Faith and Freedom, Faith A-N-D, Freedom, all one word, dot U-S, not dot com, dot U-S. The politician who remembered his promise. He did not receive bribes and overthrow and all of that, but he told, he said what he would do if elected, and he kept his promise. No, I'm not talking about Donald Trump, although Donald Trump did do that. He kept the, his promises to the church. He told evangelicals across America, if you will vote for me, I will stand for. And people looked at his life, which was is not stellar morally. He's had a number of failures in his life. They're very public. But people looked at his life and Christian leaders across the nation, many of them, not all, they said, yes, we, we believe he's telling the truth. And evangelicals and Christians came out, conservatives came out and voted for him. And he pretty much did, or he gave it his best effort, what he, what he promised he would do. There's another rising individual, and I've talked about him recently in a, very, in a little bit different context, but I want to talk about him again today. I'm not promoting him. I'm simply exposing kind of what he's all about. And I think we should know that because he, too, is a politician who is now making a, making, creating a, a kind of a, a, a profile of doing what he says he would do. And that's the new governor of Virginia. I am profoundly impressed with him. Never met him, don't know him. I don't even know if I know anybody that knows him, but I'm really impressed. His first term Republican governor, Glenn Youngkin, he's being praised for ignoring left-wing cries of transphobia now. They're labeling him as a transphobic because of the laws and the policies that he's put in place in Virginia. But he's sticking by a campaign promise that he respects parents and their God-given role in their own child's education. He is apparently a very deeply committed Christian, he and his wife. They talk about how they prayed, and if they didn't have the blessing of the Lord, and if they didn't feel Jesus in this, he would not have run for governor. He's very, he's wealthy. I mean, he's made a lot of money. He's a very, very successful businessman in his own right. But he felt like God was speaking to his heart to run for an office that most people in, in the political community said he could never win because nobody even knew who he was. And he was running against someone who was a banner carrier for the Democratic Party. But he did win. And now he's doing what he said he would do. And he's very efficient and effective at what he's doing. He is actually bringing a restoration and a transformation 
to public education in Virginia. And I never thought I would be able to say that anybody was doing that at any level, seeing how far public education has sunk into the pit. But he is. He's not forgotten the promises he made to the people who elected him. It is very, very refreshing. I was, I was reminded of, of some of the things that the Bible says about leadership. In Exodus chapter 18, verse 21, interesting verse. I'll read it in a more modern translation. It says, the Lord speaking to the issue of leadership, Exodus chapter 18, verse 21, but select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain. That would eliminate, of course, a lot of our politicians today. Men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That's God's formula for a good leader, political leader, a cultural leader. On the heels of the mid-September announcement, Yunkin and the Virginia Department of Education are now overseeing their new model policies. If that sounds familiar, and I hope it does, it's because I talked about it just a few days ago. I talked about the model policies. The model policies have to do with transgender students. It's defined and treated as in their public schools. There's a key factor in that policy, and it is the school will recognize a student. They're not just um, abandoning the children whose parents are supporting them. And I think that was a very wise decision. The parents are not wise in doing that. They, they are wise in loving their child, but not affirming the lifestyle. But nonetheless, these new po- policies recognize a student as transgender if the parent asks the school to do so in writing. Everything that Yunkin has done, and I think this is a model for us to, to really evaluate some of the people we are considering voting for in, in the upcoming election, and it's almost on, it's on the doorstep, it's almost here. But one of the things is that he, a key factor in this policy is that the school is, uh, or that the governor is focused on the, on the school issues with the mind that the parents are the ultimate arbiters of what happens to and what their kids are taught. And this is, I mean, this was a given for years and years and years in America. I mean, for 100 years, 200 years, only in recent times have we in America begun to to think, the left, begun to think that, well, the children belong to the state. It's our responsibility to educate them. They have completely lost the idea that public education was founded on the idea that you educate children and the government comes alongside the parent and offers assistance in a collective way to educate the children. I believe, personally, I believe the the motive of public education, as Noah Webster created it and others in America, but he was the leader of it, I believe it was very well intended. I believe their motives were pure. In fact, they often referred to the Bible and they said the most important thing, Noah Webster repeatedly said, the most important thing that kids learn growing up is the biblical principles. Learn the Bible. And there was this thread that ran through all of their discussion in public education in the, those days 
of talking about how we want to train people in the Lord and we want to train our ministers. John Harvard carried that to higher education, creating Harvard, what we know as Harvard University today. His main objective, he said these words, he said the main objective is to create literate pastors that can pastor our churches. And I mean, this was the thinking that gave birth to this great nation. As far as our education, it was the same in the in the uh, economic and the financial uh, part of our nation. All, all of the institutions of America were rooted in the idea that God is God, and that God is in control, and we pledge allegiance to God being over us, and we are a nation under God. And all of this evolved from the idea that God is who he says he is, and who history and eternity knows that he is. He is the God who created the universe, who created all those bright spots up in the sky. And they function so per, per, uh, perfectly and so dependably that when we launch a Sputnik or a Challenger or whatever, when we launch these spacecraft, we can know, we can launch them. If they're going to the moon, we can launch them in a, direction that looks like it's opposite of the moon. But when our manufactured spacecraft gets to a certain place, we know the moon, the stars, whatever, the other planets, will be exactly where they're supposed to be because they are predictable. And that reflects the glory of God. And the scripture talks about that so much. And that it becomes a part of the reality of our lives as we live out our lives in, in the political realm, in the family, in education, in finances, in all of these parts of our lives. And that's why Christianity is so, it's so important that Christianity be woven into the fabric of a culture. Otherwise, it becomes a, a culture of corruption. And you find that in most all nations, and we have a growing problem with that today. The Pelosi's, I talked about that recently, the Pelosi's have made millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars by knowing some of the policies that were going to be passed by the House, of which Nancy is the the speaker, in advance, and they can sell stock or buy stock when it's low and it's going to get a bump because they're going to put a lot of money out there. That recently happened. They bought a bunch of stock, her husband did, bought a bunch of stock in a company because he knew that that, Congress, uh, that the House was about to approve and the Senate had approved, I guess, the, this big amount of money for uh, to upgrade technology or whatever. And they're always buying and selling with advanced knowledge. And this is supposed to be forbidden, but it isn't. I mean, they, they do it anyway. And it, it's, it's that kind, the people that are, are, are ingrained in that kind of uh, activity, that's what the Bible says, don't elect those people because it will not end well. As Ronald Reagan said, this is not about you know Republican or Democrat. This is not about party, left or right. He said it's about up or down. And the people that are that are living by the principles that bring about a good life, also when they're in leadership, bring about a blessed nation and a blessed culture. And of course, America has been blessed. Now we find ourselves wallowing in the mire of not living according to the principles that made our nation great, and yet trying to find out what's wrong in America and trying to fix it. We can't fix it until we get it straight about who it is that 
has blessed us and brought us to this point. And so when these people are, are on the one hand, like the Pelosi's, and they're not the only ones, but Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, the third, second in line after the vice president to the presidency, is always quoting scripture, often incorrectly, but always quoting scripture while living a life that is stands in absolute contradiction to scripture. And so that's what is this Glenn Youngkin has all of a sudden come on the scene. I'm not saying he's perfect. Like I said, I don't know him, but I've been observing him. I mean, you can't not watch him if you care about the nation and you care about such things in the culture. So he's, anyway, he's been moving ahead and he's just been doing what he said, very well-spoken guy, very smart. And he's been moving ahead doing what he said he would do. And as I've written and spoken about it before, so he's familiar to you if you listen to this program every day. But the policy comes, this policy that he has for public education, it comes after woke teachers and counselors and principals have been busted for hiding, transitioning students from their clueless parents, their uninformed parents. They're often portrayed as enemies of progress. Those same school leaders have been accused of grooming those students to identify as the opposite sex at school to change their names, their pronouns and all of that, to identify as the opposite sex of school to change their names because in many classrooms have been transformed into these virtual indoctrination centers to push this transgender craze, which President Joe Biden is always talking about and always pushing. The turning point in the election to this Yunkin to Virginia, it came at a political debate. Back in 2021, when political newcomer Yunkin jumped into the gubernatorial race, Virginia's public schools were in a in an uproar under the term-limited governor, this Ralph Northam. He was a medical doctor, and he was talking about how they make babies comfortable when they are birthed and then they decide, the mother decides after birth. This was, he was on WTOP radio out of D.C. He was talking about that to Virginians in particular. And this doctor, this medical doctor, he said, oh, they make them comfortable while they decide whether they want to abort them or not. And they're already born. I mean, that was where Virginia was in leadership at the time. <clears throat> so this guy, Yunkin, comes along. They were having equity lessons about race and white privilege and transgender-based lessons about gender fluidity and all this kind of thing. I mean, Virginia had fallen off the cliff as far as public education. So in this, young, in this governor's race, Yunkin faced this former Virginia governor, Terry McAuliffe, and he, he is a longtime friend of the Clintons and a kind of a banner carrier for the Democrats. And... Um, Yunkin recognized the anger and the frustration among the parents, and he made that a campaign issue. So while McAuliffe was kind of wanting to play dumb on the issue of parental authority, it did not work out for him. And in that debate, Yunkin said, you believe school systems should tell children what to do. Yunkin, in the debate before the election, told McAuliffe. He said, I believe parents should be in charge of their kids' education. McAuliffe responded and said, I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. That was the turning point. And that turned on the principle, a biblical principle, of parents being responsible for their children, their education, and other aspects of their children's lives. 
Youngkin promised if elected, he would restore parents' rightful place in the education of their children. With that exchange, millions of parents, some of them already were Republicans, some were not. Some were independent, some were Democrats. And they crossed party lines to elect this man, and they did elect him. Now, this new governor has kept his promise. Virginia Cobb of the Family Foundation of Virginia, she said yesterday, I believe it was, yesterday or day before, or maybe it was over the weekend, she said that the new governor, quote, is proving he meant what he said as a candidate. She's the uh, with the Family Foundation of Virginia. The informed, courageous stand by one political candidate has begun a restoration of sorts in public education in Virginia. It can happen. And that's what I'm saying. It becomes discouraging when you live in a place like Washington State or Oregon or California. I mean, you could you could almost think, man, it's hopeless. But it isn't. It isn't. If you, we just are patient, if we just keep trusting the Lord, if we just keep looking to Him and yet being engaged, being discerning, being vigilant, being informed, God can bring about a miracle politically. Oh, Gary, you don't... God's not interested in politics. Yes, he is. I mean, the Bible is addresses leadership from cover to cover. talks about leadership in the church and in the community, in the culture. I just read the Old Testament verse. But the new, new policy that he has put out there now publicly recognizes that the goal of the former policy was achieving culture and societal transformations. In other words, remaking the schools to become indoctrinational centers. In the same policy announcement, Yunkin now has said publicly, and his administration in the state admitted that the previous policies there had disregarded the rights of parent and ignored other legal and constitutional principles that significantly impact how schools educate students, including transgender students. So he's put it all on the table. He's turned on the lights. A, sp- a young a young can, uh, spokeswoman told Fox News on Friday, the guidelines make it clear that when parents are part of the process, schools will accommodate the requests of children and their families. He's not isolating the kids who are confused about their sexuality if the parents are involved in it, because that wouldn't be appropriate. It, it may be helpful, but it wouldn't be appropriate. But he is recognizing that parents are the rightful leaders of what their child is taught how they are taught, and when they are taught. And this is very, very refreshing. Will he run for president? I don't know, but a lot of people are asking that question. Last July, he gave a major speech. There was nothing remarkable about that except he made it in Nebraska. Fox reported Glenn Youngkin's unusual trip to the Cornhusker State is beginning to draw attention as rumors swirl of a potential 2024 GOP presidential bid. They don't know what he's going to do. I don't know if he knows what he's going to do. But from what I've seen, I believe he is maybe considering it prayerfully, as he says that he and his wife do on everything that they do. I still believe there are some honest politicians, not many, but there are some. And there can be more if we commit ourselves to such things. Dr. Ben Carson defined the kind of people that we should seek to serve in public office. He may not have all the gifts to be a president of the United States. He ran and he didn't do well in in the primaries. But he's a wonderful guy. 
And he defined the kind of people. He said, I'm not a politician. I don't want to be a politician because politicians do what is expedient. I want to do what's right. I think he is profoundly right, and he is profoundly intelligent. That's what we're looking for, is that kind of a leader. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.